0: all right hey guys welcome back to the melanin margin i'm your host quavi andre williams
1: and i'm daquan wilson
0: and this is the talk show dedicated to bringing the marginalized to the spotlight and uplift the black voices that will no longer stay silent so let's get into this week's race conversation black people versus the lgbtq community so daquan let me ask you why is the black community notoriously conservative and so an exception to black individuals why do you think so
1: i think it has a just a history of like where black people are situated most black people live in the south because of slavery even though there was things like the great migration a lot of black people still find some type of residence in the south or have home ties to the south as well as just like the prevalence of Christian beliefs in the Black community. You know, I think like for me and you, like I lived in South Carolina my entire life and then I moved to Georgia. So like Mm -hmm. very much Southern, very much Christian and very much Black as well. So I think a lot of those things kind of tie together in terms of like why we see such a negative view um, for African-Americans on the LGBTQ community. But I'll pass it off to you. what's What's your first opinions on that?
0: Yeah, I, I completely agree with what you said. I, I'm mostly tied to the Christian faith, mostly because that's what is most prevalent in the Black community. is mostly either Southern Baptist or a lot, and surprisingly um, enough, too, in a lot of African communities, is Catholic. Catholicism mm-hmm. is really pop, uh, really popular in certain um, certain African sects, and um, it's just it's it's really frustrating because you will it it for a community that has so much experience with being ostracized and being um, uh, put down it's just so funny to me how it's there there's that kind of familiarity where they're like because of because most of the black community um, it uh, promotes heterosexuality as the only thing it seems that you see a lot of the most negative um, reactions to it coming from the black community especially in hip-hop I mean, and like, especially in Jamaican cultures, like, you know, it's bad in African-American culture, but like in J- Jamaican-American culture and like Haitian-American and stuff like that, like those African cultures, like they are hella against it to the point where they're like songs uh, condemning it, like calling uh, gay men batty boys and stuff like that, like all kind of crazy stuff. And I believe a lot of it comes also from, cause I actually talked to a person who was of Jamaican descent and mm-hmm. when I was talking about the whole white, like the black community having the same conversation with him, he was saying that um, a lot of it comes from uh, back in the back in the slave times. Um, they said that some white slave masters would um, publicly rape um, the black men or the strongest black men or the strongest black slaves in front of the other slaves as a testament of power. So it was like, look at me bending over this, like you know. Extremely strong black person in front of his family, in front of his friends, in front of everybody. It was a way to, to demean a black man. And I think that that is kind of carried over as um, the years have gone on, even though the initial um, fact had nothing to do with gayness, it had nothing to do with homosexuality, it had everything to do with power and displaying right. such power. And you know, what's more powerful in in the minds of a slave master, what's more powerful than uh, feminizing a black woman by making him have sex with, because again, in that time homosexuality or having sex with a man or being like whatever was considered weak or effeminate or feminine.
1: Yeah, I definitely agree. I think that power still has such a strong role in how black people view the LGBTQ community. Um, Because even thinking about a lot of like civil rights movements and all Mm -hmm. of those type things there were a lot of queer people in those movements queer black people in those movements but you don't see that because that's not the image that they wanted you to put out um so part of it is just like the power of being able to like create some type of self identity or like black people feeling like they need to aspire to whiteness and this, anything that's, like, different, like, queerness, is just another way of putting them down. Um, you hear ne- narratives, like, all across history of, like, the emasculation of the black man. Yes. Um, and I was uh, just about to
0: bring it up, bitch. Go ahead. Right. Go off, bitch. Go off. <laughs>
1: And like, you you see this very much hyper masculinity for black youth in terms of just like, they always have to be hard, you can't be soft. Um, I remember even watching Moonlight recently and that goes in a lot on like this Mm -hmm. idea of just like black youth having to be raised hyper masculine, not being able to show a feminine side or an emotional side or any of that. And that's associated with queerness or queer communities. So I think it's, like you said, like it has a lot to do with power and just being able to like, think about what power looks like, um, or even thinking about the AIDS crisis, the AIDS crisis Mm. was a huge thing, but so many black communities was like, the AIDS problem is a gay problem, Yes. which, and then like that even lets like a further marginalization of black queer youth, um, or black queer people in general, um, and it wasn't until, like, you had Black women or people in Black heterosexual couplings that people were like, all right, let's take AIDS a little bit more seriously. Um, so, yeah, 100% agree with you on all of those counts.
0: Yeah, back to that emasculation point that you made up in the AIDS crisis. Um, there's a, I've heard that, that exact same argument a lot of times made by a, a people of color when they talk about um, gay men and uh, being like, you know, lesser forms of black men, and a gay mm-hmm. man's uh, expression of their femininity for any, any, whatever is a is representative of the entire community of black people, which puts us down, and it and it and it goes back to that patriarchal idea that femininity is weakness. Right. It goes. It harkens back to that because. And it's like I said, it's most prevalent in the African American community because we'll oftentimes see black men going like, "Put some bass in your voice," uh, you know, "Don't don't have your hands or whatever the case may be," or, or "Don't be," you know, um, "Expressing who you really are." And it really frustrates me because so much of our, so many of our black men are emotionally immature.
1: Mm, say that again.
0: They are emotionally immature because if you look at of uh, females in their life and, and you see how they're raised in our community specifically, they're raised to be mothers. They're raised mm. with the dolls and knowing how to cook and knowing how to clean, knowing how to basically survive in the world. Right. Black men are taught early on to work. You earn what you get. You don't cry. You never show your emotions. You always just go out there. And any expression of your emotion is a sign of weakness as a man. You are less of a man to cry. You are less of a man to do. It's always man up, right. man up. Don't cry. You ain't no little B or whatever the case may be. And it's frustrating to me because that's why so many of our black men. And if you notice, this, is the reason why that a lot of will we'll oftentimes see this disrespect to black women. From black men with the whole cheating thing and the whole, mm-hmm. you know, what is, it's very prevalent in our community because of the fact that. And then a lot of times these men are unable to express themselves. Like say that instead of explaining how they feel, they result in anger or violence. And this is not to excuse their actions. Not at because all. Because we're not giving excuses, but we're giving explanations. And a lot of that comes from. Once again, you're still responsible for your actions, but a lot of that stems from the upbringing of never being able to express your emotions. And for me, I almost, for a long time, um, I felt a lot of shame in being who, oh, bitch, I'm getting emotional, shit. <laughs> 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 um, but uh, I felt a lot of shame growing up um, expressing myself and expressing my femininity, because for a long time I was told, it just, it was the bullying, Especially, like I said, it was most prevalent in African-American communities. It was most prevalent, because I noticed one thing, and I wanted to ask you this question as well, I noticed that when I was around more white people or other uh, people of other races around my middle school, high school years, I noticed that the bullying was mostly coming from other black men and women, telling me that I was I was I was the faggot or the whatever the case may be or to whatever the case may be because I was expressing just how I am, and I just wanted to ask you. I mean, why do you think that there's such a divide? Like, why do you think it's the African American community that's so prevalent? Not to say that there aren't white people or other people who are, you know, um, against gay people, why does it seem like it's most prevalent in our community instead of like when we're we're in those situations?
1: I think one of the reasons is there's already this form of marginalization for black people. So I think the problem that arises is the idea of like having this secondary marginalization. Like I think back in like my experience of like I remember coming home with like painted nails and like my parents being like why would you ever do that like why would you like kind of like express yourself in that way because you're just like painting another target on um, your back and I think some of the Black communities and again this is like explanation not excusing um, Mm -hmm. but some of the Black communities kind of Um, fervor against the LGBT community or queer expression is from like, rooted in survival, in terms of like, you are already Black and now you are making yourself Black and queer. yeah And like, that's just like, marginalize you even more than before. Um, But like, even in that instance, at the end of the day, like, I can't change who I am. Like, sure, I can mask my expressions but that's only going to lead to more issues down the line. And I think that's something that some people fail to realize is that there is no closeting yourself for your entire life. Like that will have so many different effects on you, both physically and mentally, that it will have some type of effect on you, regardless of whether you closet yourself or not.
0: Yeah, I I definitely, and I definitely agree with what you're saying. It's, like you said, it's an it's an explanation as to why, not an excuse as to why, but it definitely does make a lot of sense that it, in the African American community, there's just this um, this fear mm-hmm. that you know, and and, and it's it, like I said, it goes back to those patriarchal views. But it's kind of like being gay does not make you less of who you are, you know. Right. And there's a lot of that. Like it's like you know, losing you're not losing something. That's where a lot of people think that you, if, if you were like, let's say you were a masculine person or whatever the case may be, and you just happen to realize that you're homosexual, just because you realize you're gay doesn't automatically go, yes, honey, fierce. Like you're not going to turn into yeah. anything because the reality is, and if that ever does happen, and we do see that sometimes, when there are people like that. The reason why that happens is because they're finally giving themselves permission to be who they've always been. It's not a transformation, it's a it's a self-actualization. It's understanding that I'm able to be exactly who I am. I'm able to not have to edit myself because for many years as a young kid, I've had to edit my actions. Every time I would think I'm gonna have to deepen my voice or talk lower or try to keep myself kind of down because I don't want people to hear that my voice is high or trying to keep my hands to my sides because I'm a very expressive person. So I talk with my hands. So I'd have to edit myself consistently to keep myself from being uh, seen as weaker or fragile or whatever the case may be, these patriarchal ideologies that once again are surrounded by femininity. And for such a long time, it was so hard for me to like, express myself, especially uh, with my Black brothers and sisters, because even, even, even Black sisters would oftentimes kind of get shady with me you know because of my femininity and it just it like i said it there was a lot of shame around it you know and i am once again what i like to what i always say um when it comes to being gay or whatever the case may be or, or being pan or whatever you are um no one wants another problem like let's just be real like if I Nobody had to choose, wants that,
1: I would not choose. Like
0: Like if this was something that I could choose not to be, absolutely positively in a second, and I think that's what people don't understand because being a person LGBT defend- identifying and being a being a black person on top of that, it's you're you're setting yourself up to be taken down. That's right. why black trans women are killed the most in our in this community because of the fact that they are black and black people are already seen as not as good as. And then you add LGBT on top of that and you are seen as even less than that. You're seen as nothing, you know? Right. And that frustrates me that people don't understand that when black people express their LGBT, whatever um, identification they go by uh, LGBT wise, that is an act of bravery in the deepest sense because they're risking not only losing their family but losing their culture in a way because right. most people within the black culture shun lgbt identifying individuals and we, or we have these what is it called these um these tr- these horrible stereotypes on television screens that just showcase only one is, we're always seen as a, the butt of a joke right versus a fully fleshed out character with thoughts dreams and feelings of their own
1: yeah, 100% agree. I just think back to like even my experience of just like I did not like come out until I came to college where it's you know, it's Atlanta. I was also at a pre- predominantly white institution and in this white space. So I felt more comfortable than I did in like my black high schools and middle schools and stuff like that. Um, you know, felt more comfortable, you know, <laughs> doing things like going to pride. Yeah, nails, You know, asking people to use both he and they pronouns for me. Yes. So it's like one of those things that like 100% get it in terms of like I've been more comfortable with my queer identity in white yeah. spaces than I have black spaces. Um, and
0: isn't that um, crazy?
1: It's crazy, and it's like I would never choose this. Like I would never be like, you know what? Black is not enough. Yeah, <laughs> I need extra oppression. Like that is you know that is never in the question.
0: We didn't wake up this morning like you know we want some more oppression. That would be I,
1: Like you know I I already have oppression, but I need me a little side of just oppression. a
0: little. And and, and I, I fully understand what you mean as far as that whole thing. Like just me simply uh uh accepting the fact that I prefer she/her pronouns. When being, dis- when being discussed or whatever it gets to be. I mean, I don't mind he, him if I, people don't know, but you know, my preferred pronouns are she, her. And for a long time, I was so afraid to admit that because I was like, fuck, how are, pe- how, how are people gonna react? And once again, my white friends, not without, a, with a grain of salt, um, but black yeah. friends, they were like, what the fuck? Like you world blindness. And it was just, it was just so, for a long time, I was so afraid of accepting my femininity and accepting who I was because of my fear of the backlash from my community. I felt like if I was to come out or, or to really fully not only be a uh, pansexual identifying person, but to also be a, um, a feminine, feminine, you know, um, identifying person, then she, her pronouns, it's almost like I feel like admitting these things pushes me away from the Black community more mm-hmm. so. And what I wanted to ask you too was back to what we we're talking about a little bit earlier, I know we touched bases on it, but the whole Christianity's effect on the Black community. I mean, have you noticed just how deeply rooted Christian faith has almost, like I said, created this um this sense of cultural oppression within ourselves and against I each other? Have noticed?
1: <laughs> as the son of a deacon, <laughs> I have noticed. <laughs> um, no, but like I 100% understand um, in terms of just like thinking about my upbringing um, I was raised in the church, you know, would go to church all the time, Mm -hmm. had my parents volunteer me to be on, like, the church choir, even though I could not sing at all, (laughs) Um, but, yeah, I just, I remember growing up and noticing kind of queer, like, figures in the church. It was never an instance of, like, they actually came out to me, so, like, I don't want to assign the label of queer onto them, but I always remember seeing these figures kind of like phasing out of the church or being like oh well like this person hasn't been going to church as much recently wonder why um and then even if i asked and like oh it's just like they're having some problem with their family and i think like now even thinking about like homeless lgbtq youth like it's disproportionately african-american yes. hispanic americans And I think part of that comes from the influences of Christianity or Catholicism or all of these different um, things and religion, how that kind of provides a way of just like supporting um, homophobia. Like people use the Bible to be like, oh, well, like, homosexuality is a sin. And I'm like, as somebody that has now gone to college and studied the Bible, <laughs> religion <I know> that <laughs> that is full of BS because the word homosexuality was not even invented back then. You
0: better say that, man.
1: Like <laughs> homosexuality was not invented back then. And even if you look at when that word came into use in some of the certain scriptures, a lot of that were mistranslations. Absolutely. Translations of things like pedophiles. Yes. You know, all of those different things, child molesters. Like Yes. And, and that's
0: when people don't understand the quote, the one, the one, I didn't mean to cut you off, but I wanted to point, point out what you were right. just saying. Point it out. That one, uh, <laughs> that <laughs> one verse, people always say, a man should not lie with a man as he as does with a woman It case to be. That actually was in reference to pedophilia. Yeah. A man should not lie I with, lie with like a boy. Point. But they, they changed the word. As each new testament was created, as even to, to be to mirror a man, but the original text was not that. And right. I just I wanted to point on what you were saying. I, um, the hope with Christianity, um, for me, uh, growing up in the church again, my grandmother was extremely religious as well as my uh, for for a while. Uh, she she was very religious, but um, for a long, um, most of her life. And we used to go to church and there was this one church I went to um, my mom, cause my mom was also Southern Baptist. I was too at a point. Mm-hmm. And I will tell you the story if you don't mind, just let me get us I just to tell you about what happened. Yeah. Um, I would go to this church and it was, it was phenomenal. It was a great church, great service, great energy in there. And it really, I felt closer to God in that church when I used to, when I used to go and everything was phenomenal. It was the first time I'd ever felt like I belonged. You know what I'm saying? It was the first time I felt like I belonged. And then you know, we were going through a lot of struggles at the time. I, me, and my family, and specifically dealing with my grandmother's uh, passing. And so I went up to the pulpit, you know, to you know talk to the pastor because it was like, "Come up here if you need some help and guidance." With me. I went to the pulpit and I was like, you know, I'm just really struggling right now. I'm just having a hard time with, you know, my life right now. Because me be. I didn't, I wasn't specific, but I was just like, you know, I'm having a hard time. And the and the pastor, who I thought was, you know, just it was amazing. he was great. You know, he was like, oh, I got you, it's all right, whatever case, okay. just see me after, I'll tell you what's going on, blah, blah, whatever case may be. And he was like, I need you to read Leviticus chapter, blah, 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 blah. And as soon as I heard Leviticus, my entire soul sank. My heart sank, my entire smile left. My, it felt like I lost a piece of myself in that moment. Because when he told me to ref, because the reference that he was given was obviously the one about homosexuality. And it just crushed it. Like I said, I, after that point I left the church and I left Christianity behind after that day. Because for a long time, after that, for a long time up until that point, I was, I had made peace with the fact that God loved me for who I was and all that stuff like that the case may be. But after going to that church and hearing these people essentially damn me, basically, because the pastor assumed that I was struggling with homosexuality when that was not the case. And having people within the church reach out to me going, oh, you know, I know you, God has given me a message to help you in your life. And I'm like, bitch, you don't get the fuck out of my face. And it'd be making me mad. Take <laughs> one, it makes me so mad. And like, and for that, after that moment, I just completely denounced the religion. And I mean, if, if people believe that's completely fine with them, yeah. but for me, I, I just had to step away because I—if you believe in God and you believe in Him being the patron of love and trust and forgiveness, God is incapable of hate. It's not. It's 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 literally against every single teaching that we know of Him in the Bible, and yet people consistently produce this image that God is just this hateful, spiteful being that's gonna damn people to hell just for being who they are, who he made them to be. But again, it just, it really broke my heart and broke my faith. And I think that that's the hardest part about Christianity for me, is realizing just how vehemently against, not all, but a lot of Christian, especially Southern Baptist, faith systems, are so vehemently against LGBTQI identifying individuals. Instead of it being a place to get whatever you need, it's about fixing your life. Mm. And that's not what God is, in my opinion. I believe that if you believe in God, he is there as a, as a tool to help you live a better life in whatever way that is. Right. And it's helping you fulfill your truest potential as one of his children, if you believe. But it's not a human person's job, the pastor or the, the people in the church, to fix someone. And what do you think that comes from? This idea of fixing someone in the church comes from?
1: I think it's just a respectability thing. Like, I'm going to fix you to be this most respectable person possible so that we can present this black image that, like, you can't tear down in any way. Like, we're going to be, you know, very masculine, we're going to take care of our homes, we're going to do this, this, and that, Um, and it's just, like, no, like, like, (laughs) no, no. (laughs) because, like, even for me, like, I had to have a period where I stepped away from the church, and even now, I'm just, like, religion as an institution has been used to oppress so much that, like, I find myself more spiritual than religious you know yes i think whatever your relationship to whatever god you yes is a personal relationship so like why do we like these institutions of religion are just like harming this and like pushing more people out
0: and and we taught we touched bases on this um uh last episode a little bit but i wanted to kind of go into a little bit but a lot of this uh come like what people really don't understand i had i had this discussion again with someone in my um at work a few days ago and i kept and they were tra- talking about you know how christmas was jesus birthday or some bullshit like that and i was just like the whole time i was sitting there the whole time i was like baby christianity i mean baby christmas was a pagan holiday let's not forget that that's what that really was and people just christian just adopted a lot of that stuff and people like oh halloween satanic i come like baby that's not what that is but the point is what I had, what I was trying to explain to this person was that what people don't really understand is that white supremacy runs deep in the veins of America, in the veins of society. And people don't understand how powerful this stuff is. And I'm gonna tell you how, just so you know, if you're watching this, is that Christianity was not the, was not the original religion of African-American people. It was, not the, it was not our original religion. It was pushed mm-hmm. onto us to keep us in check now, mind you, if you do find peace in Christian, that's not to say that's that's wrong or that's not valid. But what I'm saying right. is, the basis of Christianity as given to Black people, Southern Baptists specifically, was to keep us in line as Black as slaves, to make us go. You are not go if you work and do well and serve your master in this life, then in the next life you'll be rewarded by God. And what people don't know is that before that many of our African ancestors practiced voodoo or practiced older African spiritual beliefs and stuff like that, that were more about ancestral connections and ancestral nature-based magic or abilities and stuff like that. And if you trace back to a lot of these base religions, the, a lot of the oldest religions, because let's not, let's not forget that Christian is a pretty young, a relatively young religion Compared mm-hmm. to the ones that have existed long that predate the written word that were actually orally um, uh, spoken, specifically things like Buddha and Native American, a lot of those religious faith systems. Our, if you can't tell, I was in a religious a religious study class, if <laughs> so you can't tell. Um, but um, a lot of these faith based religions were orally, like oral tradition. There are no written texts of a lot of their um, rituals and stuff like that. So, what many people don't know is that if you look back at the original, um, Uh, um, ideologies of these religions, they were extremely accepting. Extremely accepting of all people. Of LGBTQ identifying, trans people, everyone. They were extremely accepting. And it was so surprising to hear that these old religions were so accepting of people that because of this newer religion, because Christianity has become the staple of America that has, that has hated it. Now, you see what I'm saying? Like, especially with uh, Voodoo specifically um, in that text, the original is that homosexuality is actually acceptable and are able to participate in religious activities. But Christian influence on homosexuality, the stigma in the social level of society has caused it to become a negative thing. But the original followers of voodoo, it was not, it's not a, because Christianity is more of a fertility based religion anyways, it's about reproducing, keeping the line going, uh, maintaining your line. And voodoo is not fertility based. So it's like, it doesn't, it doesn't require reproduction. So even if you're with the same sex partner, you can participate in the same rituals, the same whatever, because that's not what it was about. Same thing with Native American. Back in the day, Native American belief systems, they believe in trans identities. Identities. They believe that a man can possess um, a female spirit or a, a woman can possess a male spirit, and they, and they yeah, will, it, it's two-spirited individuals. And they believe that they could be uh, male and female, or like a man possessing a female spirit, they will be considered what you would call, what we now know as gender non-binary or gender non-conforming, being someone who is uh, is on both sides of the coin. Or people who are just uh, who are um, born um, female who identify as male, or born male identify as female. They in the community was like, "You say you're a woman. We say we we appreciate that and we respect that." And it's just so crazy how Christianity has uh, basically torn down those and um, what's what I'm looking for assimilated us into this face system that that is all about marginalization and oppressing
1: yeah i think like going back to your point of just like christianity's role in africa you know a lot of christian experiences in africa came from the the form of like mission work of people coming to africa and being like we are going to civilize these people and give them our beliefs and like we're going to make them a human being and not like this savage um but i do find it interesting um, because I also took a religion studies class and we talked a whole lot about <laughs> African heritage religions like Vodou or Lukumi or yes. um, Orisha Devotion where there's like Yoruba, Candomblé, like all of these different um, re- African heritage religions. And I remember just like seeing the amount of queer spaces within yes. in terms of like, you know, you had um, deities that were like, were male and then transformed into female or vice versa or even deities that were like they don't have one gender so it was just very interesting to see the spaces for queerness within these religions and then compare that directly to like the black christian system that like we see now and like we've experienced
0: yeah, I, it's, it's and, that, and I really want to touch base to back what you just said about the fact that these religions allowed for queer spaces. And that's all that LGBT people are, are asking for in these other religions. And most of them are so stringent on their quote unquote teachings and their belief systems that they seem to forget about the fact that baby, We don't know
1: who's right also you are not a god you at the end of the day like you are not making this final decision you know if you really believe in christianity you know it says love thy neighbor yes it love so like regardless of what i'm doing behind closed doors Show love, show compassion. Well,
0: fuck that. No matter what I'm doing and Open Doors. Fuck that shit, bitch. Yeah. <laughs> and when I'm outside and my own hugging my boyfriend or, or whoever the fuck I'm hugging, bitch, or, or kissing or whatever, that's my fucking business. Mind your own fucking you at business. at all. <laughs> it's I'm, about, but I'm people keep pretending that religion is a, go ahead.
1: Oh, I was just saying like, I am not hugging you. I am not having any relationship it, with you. If you are not in the relationship, it's not for you. Like,
0: It's not for you, baby. <laughs> and my whole thing is like this this idea people keep forgetting that religion is an institution but 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 people don't understand that religion is personal personal and people forget that because a lot of these other faith systems are very much so like community-based which mm-hmm. is nice but faith is within the person not within the community does that make sense yeah. it's, it's it's your individual faith and what people seem to forget is that my whole thing is, my thing is I respect all religions as long as it is not hurting someone physically, emotionally or sexually or some some crazy stuff like that. And even religions like Satanism, which is like seen as, oh my God, like people are just like, oh God, like these people are like, you know, eating babies and shit. And it's kind of like, when I was doing my religious studies class, like looking at Satanism and looking at the religion of the case and be like, the basic shit ain't got nothing to do with like evil no shit like that. Not saying that you you know jump down to advocate for Satanism, but I'm just saying like the reality is like a lot of these base religions, a lot of these, a lot of these even the newer ones all share similar tenets. Right. They're all about uh uh peace and love and 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 doing the right thing and being who you are and, and you know whatever the case may be. And it's just crazy that you know even Satanism, even its even its Ten Commandments are directly. You know what? This is this is the funny thing. And I'm just gonna say this real quick. Take this out if like I want to take it. But if you look at Satanism's Ten Commandments and you look at the Christian Ten Commandments, it it doesn't look like it's supposed to be. It looks like it's to be reversed. If that makes any sense, like it, because even in the religion itself, it teaches like Satanism. It teaches to be to, to free will and stuff like that. Whereas Christianity teaches to be, to be uh, subservient to people and to be like, whatever the case may be. So it's just funny to me how people in these faith systems, especially these more Christian based faiths are so arrogant in their faith system that they believe that there's the, they're the only answer. And back in, hearkening back to the point of the LGBT identifying individuals, it's like, how are all these other religions, even Satanism, the most quote unquote, evil religion out there has, a place for queer people. Mm -hmm. African religions has a place for queer people. They have a place for all people. Hindu, if you look at the actual basis of the religion is that they said that God comes in many forms. So they said the Hindu person can be in a can be live and exist and coexist with a person who is a um, a Christian or a a Satanist or a a Wiccan or a um, a Buddhist practitioner because they believe that God comes in many forms and He comes to people in many different ways or She or He comes in many different ways or They, and it just baffles me that Christianity cannot open a queer cannot or let me let me rephrase uh, why Christianity as a whole. Or or Catholicism as a whole, Protestantism as a whole, or any any God-based religion as a whole, or monothe- monotheistic religion can't open up a place for queer spaces. And why do you think it's why do you um think that these these why why do you think that there isn't um a place for queer people within these relig- within these particular religions? Why why do you think it's more prevalent in these older religions than it is in the newer ones? Um,
1: I don't know. Like,
0: <laughs> <laughs> like... bitch, I don't got these answers.
1: Right. um, But, like, I think, I don't know, it's just funny thinking about, like, you know, people talking about there's no space for, like, homosexuality in the Christian church. Yet, yeah, you know, it's very funny that, like, you have a lot of, like, choir directors and people like yeah. that. <laughs> and I'm like, you have us leading your choirs, but we're not allowed to, like, be sanctified. Yeah, yeah, I, I don't know why. I
0: don't know <laughs> like,
1: No it, space, like I just think that like anywhere you go, you can like twist it back to white supremacy.
0: It really is, and it's just, it to me, the most the, the most horrendous part, the reason I brought up the Satanism, the reason I brought up the Buddha, the reason I brought up all this stuff is to make the point of we all are out here in this life living as best right. we can. And as far as religion goes, um, each religion, like I said, is a purse is personal. And right. regardless of what you believe, the reality is nobody knows for facts what happens when we die. No one has crossed the threshold and come back. We don't know for a fact that that was actually a thing or if it was, um, what do they call it? Um, when you, when you die, they said that there's like this moment of like a uh, haze over your face, or haze over your mind that makes you see whatever you want to see, or whatever the fuck case may be. So we honestly don't know what happens when we die. Even atheists, even, even Scientologists, and mean, that's what kills me about the whole a- uh, atheism, because atheism is technically a major religion. People don't know that because they're like, oh, well, it's not. No, no. Technically speaking, atheism follows a tenant. Atheism follows the tenant of science. Atheism believes that there is nothing. They, 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 definitively, they definitively believe that there is no God and there is no heaven or hell. And there is nothing that happens when you die. You just die and that's it. That is a belief. Yeah. That in itself is a belief, and this arguing back and forth about who's right, who's wrong, and or or gay people are wrong here, or wrong there, with the case to be, whatever, 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 whatever. Like, baby, y'all don't know. Nobody knows, and I wish that we would get out of this arrogance. You know, I have my own spiritual beliefs, like you said before. For mm-hmm. me, I had to step away from Christianity to become more spiritual. I believe in a God. I believe in God but I believe in him in a different way than, than Christian faith believes in him because that, just like I said before, was, there was no space for me there. But like I said before, I believe in I believe that people can choose whether or not they want to connect. I believe that people can choose whether or not they want to believe whatever they want to believe in, and that should be okay, but I feel like people need to respect the fact that we don't know what the fuck we're doing. Like life, that there is no direct definitive answer as to who is right or wrong. We all just have belief and faith. So I wish that people would understand that to make these religions, especially these Christian ones, open up to these places because, uh, or these spaces, because if you're teaching about love and peace and trust in a perfect world, like I I will say, if you look at a show like Touched by an Angel, which is, you know, I mean, it's, it's a religious show. It's about, it's a Christian show, but I ain't gonna lie to you, they touch on some heavy shit. And in the religion, there was actually an episode about a gay character, which I was like, "Okay, here we go with the bullshit." Like I was, I was expecting
1: because you know people can't write good gay characters for
0: But when I watched the mo- when I watched the episode, they were talking about this gay man, and, and and he was talking about like, "Well, God, I'm going to hell." She's like, "She," and and the angel uh, who was played by Della Reese was like, you know, she said that God made you exactly how He made you. And he loves you regardless of who or whatever is in your life, and it was just a, it was and the, and the father was very resistant about the fact that the guy the um the guy was gay with a kiss be and she was like and she and she had to get a message to him when he was um younger I know I'm getting a little off track but i I'm, i I'm, I'm, I'm gonna bring it to the point but the point is she gave him like a violin like she gave the father a violin when the son was born and was like this violin has a, a blemish on it and it's not gonna go away because it's not perfect, because humans are imperfect. And he was like, bitch, what the fuck you mean? Like, I don't understand what the fuck you're talking about. And then later on in the series, whatever the case may be, when the kid died and he finally accepted him for who he was and accepted what it was, the blemish on the uh, violin grew. And it's just just that it was a signifying that nobody's perfect, that no one is whatever, no one, you know, has the perfect life or the perfect whatever to make the perfect decisions. But what I love the most about this episode was the fact that it did not condemn homosexuality. It doesn't condemn people who are struggling in their life, regardless of, Like when I say struggle, I mean that gay is a struggle. I mean like other struggles that they be like, they say alcoholism, uh, stuff like that, like in the show that they talk about, what they discuss. And the show is all about the message of love. And I was like, I wish that was what Christianity was. A message of love and acceptance in all forms because no one is perfect. And that's the message of the show. And like I said, that's the message I wish was perpetuated in a lot of Christian-based faiths. But unfortunately, that's a TV show and this is the real world
1: right and you know side note but like I wish more tv shows could do that I wish more tv shows can use gay characters as actual full human beings instead of just like being the butts of a joke because I think that's part of like what where we need to go as a society of just like seeing more queer representation especially black queer representation and like seeing them more as just like these side characters or just like these jokes like "haha, they're gay like
0: or the whole basis of their character being that they're gay right or <laughs> like, lgbt identifying
1: give them some humanity like and, literally like we are all human beings regardless of who we sleep with regardless of who we what we identify uh, then,
0: with. Like, mm-hmm.
1: we are all human beings like we deserve basic human decency
0: and that's and, and that's the craziest part about the episode that why well, not even talk about the aids pandemic in that episode and when she's when the guy said you know i, I got this because i'm gay and she's like bitch god is not well she had said that obviously in the show but she was like she was like this is a disease god didn't create this disease this disease was created by this, this disease was a, a, a man-made thing it was not nothing that we created it wasn't to attack gay people it wasn't to she was like god did not create this to kill gay people he doesn't hate gay people he doesn't hate at all right. and it was just a, a really powerful message I got from that because I was kind of like, you know, once again, like we were talking about earlier, a lot of the in the things about the AIDS pandemic was like it's a gay man or gay woman's disease. And she was like, in the episode, they were like, God didn't create this to hate God doesn't hate bags, that doesn't hate gays. That's that's humans. Humans hate gays, you know, humans hate people, and God didn't create a disease. This disease was created by mankind because of you know the end infections and shit like that or the case to be. It has nothing to do with you being gay. You dying is because you because you did not use protection, or the kids. but mean, the way she was talking about it, she was like, you know, it has nothing to do with who you slept with. Right. And I was just like, I was sitting there like, bitch, what the fuck is that? I was like, this shit is like, and this was back in the fucking like early 2000s, you know, shit like that. So, you know, it just, like you said before, seeing that representation as a person watching the show and as a person who was LGBT identifying, seeing that made me so happy. And it got me closer to my spirituality because it was like, what we see in life about how people use God as a weapon and what this show has showed me was that God is not that, if that's who you believe in. And like I said, it just, it really, like I said, it, the fact that this show, especially being a Christian faith-based seventh heaven kind of show, like, you know, God, or whatever the case may be a Christian type show, the fact that they, they open up a space for queer people and to make people know that being gay has nothing to do with you getting AIDS. Right. Being gay has nothing to do with you suffering in hell or going to heaven or whatever, because it has nothing to do with that. Your personality, who you are as an individual is what dignifies And Of course the guy goes to heaven, which I was like, yes, bitch. But I was like, "Work." <laughs> but like the whole point <laughs> of the show was like, it just, it, and it brought tears to my eyes because as a queer identifying individual, seeing a space for myself, it just was like, especially in a religious forum, it made me so much close. It made it made me feel closer to yeah. you know my spirituality and like and like you were saying, we need to get away from these stock characters of what gay men and women are. You know, a, a gay man can be masculine, a gay man can be feminine. A, a female, a, a a gay woman can be um, uh, masculine or feminine, and it doesn't and it doesn't make her any less of a woman. It doesn't make uh, the guy any less of a man. And and what is being a man and woman? What is
1: it? Gender is a social construct. Gender roles, (laughs) these are all social constructs. Because like, even in history, like we see something like high heels, where like now it's like okay, high heels are a woman's thing. But like when high heels were invented, a lot of it was like butchers wearing high heels, like butchers being like these purple that like are like the menliest of men. Because like they don't want to get blood on their feet, because all the blood that's <laughs> like so all of these different things about gender. It's like, what is it like? Allow people to express themselves in whatever way they want to express themselves, as long as it's not harming anyone.
0: Mm-hmm. So back to back, I want to I want to circle back because I kind of I kind of took us off track a little bit. I'm sorry, y'all, but I had to go off a little bit on that part, but. Christian and white supremacy forcing um, onto people of color has caused the communities of people of color to be less accepting. But how has the reverse happened in terms of acceptance in the LGBT community? What I'm saying here is, do you feel the white community is more accepting of LGBT LGBT identifying individuals than black people? Like, do you see that that's a thing? Restate the question?
1: I I had trouble. Do you
0: feel, (laughs) sorry. I was talking a little fast, I get I get that when I'm excited, but um, do you feel that the white community as a whole is more accepting than the black community when it comes, or, or any people of color at all, when it comes to LGBTQ identifying individuals?
1: Um, I think it's a mixed bag. Like, I don't think I can make a call right now. Um, just because like doing like different studies and stuff, some people did show that like black communities have more negative views than white com- on the LGBTQ community as white communities. But I think more recently studies are now coming out that like that's not necessarily the case. Like it's a little bit more closer than we think. Um, But I do think that like a lot of it is just perception or just like some of the other influences like white people don't have to like deal with white supremacy in the ways-
0: Oh, I didn't even think about that.
1: Uh, so I think that a lot of it is just like, yeah, like there are so many different parts of the context.
0: Bitch, just blew my mind just now. Yeah. Wait, so wait, you're saying, I want to clarify what you were saying. So you, so you think that the reason why it may seem more accepting is because white people don't have the same effect of white supremacy. Yeah. So the certain, stru- so the certain institutionalized racism that has affected our people of color, our people of color communities, that are that they're not as prevalent. They're not uh, they're non-existent in white communities or white spaces.
1: Cause like at the end of the day, white people are still white. They have that white privilege. They are able to like move through spaces in ways that black people cannot. Um and I think like white communities don't need that kind of rationale of like, well you're already a marginalized, so so like don't double marginalize yourself. But black communities They have to fight for their survival all the time.
0: That makes so much sense because when you think of a white man or white woman, there is no question of the manly or or femininity in them. When you think of the stock white man or the stock white woman, if there was a feminine white man, it doesn't challenge the idea of a masculine white man because we are all institutionalized in 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 the society are geared to think that white men are strong and white women are, are weaker or fragile, but beautiful or whatever the case may be. So if a, if a white man or white woman does goes against the cultural norm, it's not going to affect the greater culture of white people, right? Right. Bitch, you just shook my whole damn, cause that, that shook my foundation right there because that actually makes so much sense. I didn't, even, I didn't even consider that because I knew that white supremacy had an effect, but I didn't know exactly how it was affecting, and I'm like, that makes so much sense because, yes, of course, there are people in the in the white community that don't like white gay people. We're not saying that they don't they don't, but I mean, the fact that it is more accepting is the fact that they don't have to worry about the same structural racism that we have to. Yeah. So, because of our fear or inherent fear of looking weaker as black men, or if you identify as a black man, um, it's Almost is a affront to the culture as a whole. That's yeah. some shit. This you just African American studies degree is getting used, baby. <laughs> right. <The laughs> i how for it? Because I actually noticed a lot of times too that black the black community, especially in TV, film, hip hop, are are adamantly uh, um, reject. Um, uh, gay men, black uh, or um, uh, gay women, because it's just the sh- it's because like if you see a lot of TV shows, uh, a lot of black TV shows, especially especially the running joke is that's a man. Mm-hmm. or are like, oh, she's a man, or oh, that's a man, or or with gay men, it's always like, oh, he gay, or oh, no, I ain't gay, and no, it's, it's always that running joke up, or like the or the person pretend to be gay, or you know, she used to be a man kind of thing. It's always it's most prevalent in black um communities and I think that that may be back to what you were saying do you think that that's because they want to show the white masses that they renounce that image
1: I think that's part of it I think part of like definitely just like they want to renounce a weaker image to like promote this more respectable image because like I think it's mighty funny that like we have all of these characters of like heterosexual men dressing up as women and being like the comedic punchline, but then it's always like, oh, well, like, it's all right. Because like, at the end of the day, they're like a heterosexual man. And we're like making fun of men dressing up as women. And it's like.
0: Daquan, you have shook the foundation, bitch. You have shook the foundation, like, because that makes so much sense now. Again, an explanation, not an excuse. (laughs)
1: Hashtag of the
0: episode. Hashtag of the episode. Hashtag explanation, not excuse. But that makes so much sense because it's almost a a defense mechanism. Right. As a Black community, as a community, we as a defense mechanism, we we have to vehemently be against gay people so that the representation of gay people or or Black people is not torn down or weakened by the quote-unquote lesser um, individuals.
1: Yeah, because I think, like, even thinking historically, there are people in, like, different civil rights or social justice movements that were, like, we just need to fight for Black people because we just need to focus on Black people. If we bring women in, if we bring queer people in, then we're doing too much or, like, we are sullying, sullying our image. And, like, to that, I'm just, like, you can't be, like, Black Lives Matter if you're not supporting all Black lives, like,
0: and, that, and that's just, I, want, I just, I just, I, I didn't even, I didn't even, it didn't even cross my mind that that would even be a thing. Like just the fact that people think that, cause I think the black community has seen uh, gay people, LGBT identifying people as lesser individuals, quote unquote, mm-hmm. and because of this image that they have, especially from the history of slavery and and the, what what, I, what the guy told me about the whole, in Jamaica and certain things, how they, you know, whatever, like. In order to protect the image of a black man and woman, you have to be hyper-masculine. You have to be hyper-feminine. Because if you don't, white people will see black men as weak if they express their femininity in whatever way they choose. Right. And That is just mind blowing. Like, bitch, I'm
1: shocked. <laughs> like we said, white supremacy run deep in the veins of every single thing.
0: It's just, it's crazy, and I just, I, but like, but now that we know what that reasoning is, it's time for the Black community to start checking themselves and realizing that being an LGBT identifying person is not weak. You know, it does not define your strength of character or person. And I think that the way that we do that is by understanding that in raising those voices up, like shows like Pose, that tell Black queer stories from Black queer. Op- artists and actors and stuff and really letting us see into the depths of the AIDS pandemic and realizing that, baby, you know, a lot of the the time people don't understand that the reason why a lot of this shit happened back in the the Black community specifically, why it was so prevalent then is because of the fact that so many Black men and women, teenagers were being thrown out of their homes for who they were. So they were put on the streets. So they had no choice sometimes but to sell their bodies and they couldn't always use a condom. So in those instances, they would be passing the, uh, they, would, they would get the, the, um, the virus because they had no other choice. There was no other option. And back then there wasn't many LGBT friendly shelters, especially not, and, and, and not just LGBT, but a black shelter.
1: And so, I would even interject and just like, even with shows like Pose, like let's make sure we're putting some respect on our black trans folks and Black non-binary folks, because, like, I think even in how we, I don't know, celebrate or honor shows like this, like, I think about even, like, award ceremonies, and, like, Pose is a great show. There is great acting in the show, Um, and Billy Porter, who's amazing, but, like, having this more male-identifying kind of view like he kind of gets all the accolades for pose and like again yeah I'm not taking that. away from Billy Porter because amazing yeah amazing. I know
0: but I, I get what you're saying though
1: but we need to also be able to like move beyond like the binary and how we revere black communities and just like have some respect for it because so many black trans women are dying all yes. the time.
0: All the time. All the time. All the time. That are not being reported by the media, not being reported, and is being done by our communities. But let a white bitch go missing anyway. I'm sorry. Go ahead, continue. I'm sorry. <laughs> oh ahead. no, I'm
1: done. <laughs>
0: <laughs> but <laughs> but I, I I fully understand what you mean, and it's like when people say protect black women, that includes trans black women. Right. Let's let's not forget that. And I think that what I what I really want to touch a basis on too is this idea that like. Oh well, that's not really a woman, or whatever the case may be. It's kind of like let me just let you, but let me let you, let me just let you in on a little secret. Not all cisgender women menstruate. Mm. Not all cisgender women can have babies. Not all cisgender women have breasts. Not all cisgender women are hyperfeminine or hypermasculine. Not, not, not that, so there's this narrative of what makes a woman that you talked about and you discuss as well, and it's like about the fact that there is no such thing there no such a thing that makes you whatever you are. You define who you are. Right. And we need to stop, because there's this idea that if you put a black trans woman in a space, that takes away from black cisgendered women. That's the, that's the narrative we're seeing, because if black women can't even be celebrated on a scale of like the Emmys and stuff like that, as often as white women are, then black trans women, fuck out of here. So there's this narrative that people have to understand that when we unite, we have to unite as a collective force. That's the only way that we're going to make systemic change. Because the reality is, trans black women are not going to be celebrated, if black trans, a uh, black cisgender women aren't celebrated either. Because if you notice, people like Viola Davis always calling her the, the black male Street, and it's kind of like, no bitch, she's just Viola Davis. <laughs>
1: Exactly.
0: Period, there is no comparison, she's who she is. But there's always this denotation of connecting her to another white person or or not celebrating her for being whatever. So there's so much, there's so much, so many problems within our culture, within our society that just, it it can be overwhelming at times because we're still waiting to get all black men on our side to know that, hey, Black trans women are women too.
1: Yeah, and and respect that like Black women, Black queer people, Black trans women, these are the people who are on the forefront of like our progress. You know, even thinking about like Martin Luther King Jr. One of his best advisors was a gay man. You know, so we have all of these Black queer figures who are in these movements doing the work, doing so much work, putting life and limb on the line for our community, on a community that has shown them so much hatred just because of how they identify. So like we need to get to the point to where it's like, we need to respect and honor these people because they are doing the work. Like we would not be as far as we are if it wasn't for some of these people.
0: And let's be all, and let's take it all the way to the to the present, baby. Um, Joe Biden's one uh, 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 election win had a lot of contribute contributions from Black women who showed up. The fact that Georgia almost, I think, is it blue yet? I don't blue know is yet. Is blue. it It's blue. It changed because they been Black women, and we would oftentimes see. I know we mentioned this a little before. I know we're going to get off the track, but we're nearing the end of our conversation. I just want to kind of bring this up, but you know, there was this a uh, Latino actress or who was talking about Black women and was like, but the Latino women are the ones who really showed up. And I was kind of like, bitch, what the fuck? <laughs> like, what? If we
1: want to get statistical, you know, there's a lot more Latin- Latino people, teenage people who supported Trump than Black people. But like, that's a different
0: conversation. That's a whole other conversation. But the point I'm trying to make here is back to where we sent a couple episodes back to this whole pitting people against, and, and, it's, and it just further showcases the fact that Black women are the least respected uh, minority uh, next to Black trans women in our society, because even in something that they are directly responsible for, there are so many people within people of color, Hispanic, people who are just kind of like, no, they didn't do shit, we did our work. And it's kind of like, what is the fuck? why do you I'm have to upgrade do- both that's what I- thank you instead of sitting there saying black women show the fuck out latino women show the fuck out we showed the fuck out together it was it was people of color period that showed the fuck out you just practice this erasure going like black women ain't do shit all oh, with everybody uh, latino women everything it's kind of like baby that's not the case that's actually not the. that's not facts not. but we are we are consistently put on this uh impression that black women are less. This this that conversation that that lady had on that um news show. I'm not gonna say her name because no, <laughs> no, not on this show. Okay. No. Um, if you want to find out who it is, look it up. Because I'm, I'm, I'm not. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not getting any kind of attention. But the point is, these black women in our lives in our society are consistently disrespected. Well. Black trans women are consistently disrespected. Black LGBT identifying people are consistently suspected and that needs to change. There needs to be a change. So guys, thank you so much for joining in this conversation right here. (laughs) Do not forget to keep the conversation going down in the comment blocks below. We do respond. We do want to keep the conversation going. We do want to have these discussions more with you guys. Please, please, please comment. Um, I am Quavi Andre Williams.
1: And I'm Daquan Wilson.
0: And, bitch, we will see you next week. Bye.